better tell one of those astronauts to get those aerial photos in here fast. That's the first thing he'll ask for. The second thing, Space Tracker Harrington, the first thing is for one of you lovely Moonbase ladies to press the button on the randomizer for me. Oh, uh, Jonah, I hope you don't mind. Marina couldn't find her Moonbase uniform and purple wig, so she's borrowing one of your spares. Yes, sir. As am I, actually. You probably won't be able to use this one again, but... How's the flight? Oh, not too bad, thanks. Yes, we crashed in a crater not too far from here, but it shouldn't be a long repair job. Now, which of you would like to press the button today? Nina? Uh, well... Or Gay, how would you feel about making today's selection? Fine, thanks. Oh, excellent. Well, if you'd like to just... Red alert. Red alert. Confirm unidentified flying object. Excuse me, sir. This is Moonbase Control. Red. Oh, can I do it? I mean, c can I say it? Or oh, just this once, please. I mean, I may never get another chance. If you insist. Oh, thank you. Right, let's see. <clears throat> red alert, red alert. Interceptors, immediate launch. Huh? Huh? Yeah. And I assume they just, uh, they just sort that out now. Ah. Well, that's done anyway. Where were we? Oh, the randomizer, yes. Uh, gay? I'll sort things out. That's it, thank you very much. Oh, and by the way, Lieutenant, what's your favourite kind of bird? Bird. Blackbird. Oh, yes, they're quite sweet. I've always liked sparrows myself, but still, that's a good choice. And there's the printout, if you'd like to pass it over. That's it, don't lose it. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. I see it's Captain Scarlet today. Yes, it is. Yes, not seen him for quite a while on the randomizer. Well, thank you very much, Gay. Pleasure. And by the way, did the interceptors take care of that UFO okay? Negative. It's through. Well, there's a surprise. Well, I can do with a cup of coffee. I'm going to take a break. And I've got an episode to watch. Here's the trap. Uh-oh. Um, Joan, I've, I've torn your suit. Joan! Leading the fight, one man fate has made indestructible. His name, Captain Scarlet. So, welcome back to the randomizer after an absence of, I believe, more than half a year. It's Captain Scarlet. The storm's getting worse. The original, you might say. Where's that beautiful escort of ours now? Right. I'm here, sir. Oh, you mean her. Yeah, we're flying the XQR through a storm, and who's escorting it? It's good old Melody Angel. Um, this is probably her most notable appearance in the series. She features in this one quite prominently. Cloud base in five minutes, XQR. If we ever make it. Along with Symphony. I love the the, the rain, flecks of rain on um, on the um, cockpit there. They really do a, a good job of establishing that visibility is, is very poor through this storm. Oh! And that's the XQR hit. Melody kind of thinks she maybe saw something. Just about see it going down. From Angel 2. XQR from Angel 2. Do you read me? Uh, yeah, can it wait? We're kind of on fire right now. Oh dear, we're going down. This is uh, Commodore Goddard and his um, nameless pilot. I don't think he has a name. And uh, it doesn't matter now anyway because they are both dead. But of course, this being Captain Scarlet, we have this lovely pan across the, the wreckage. And the bodies slumped amid the debris. Blood? Do we have blood? We have blood coming from Commodore Goddard's mouth and hands. <sighs> I've missed you, Captain Scarlet. I've missed your random acts of cruelty. We know that 
you can hear. And here comes an interesting line. We are transmitting on all your radio and television frequencies. Because it's the only time in the series. Should I let them carry on with their threat? Let's let them carry on with their threat. At the appointed hour, as the clock is chiming, the wings of the world will be clipped. Oh, there you go. That's nice and vague. Yeah, um, we are transmitting on all your radio and television frequencies. I was never clear with this show, or indeed the uh, CGI show. To what extent the general public knew anything about the Mistrons? In this show, it's definitely never said one way or the other, except there, where they clearly say we are broadcasting on all TV and radio. So I guess the whole world must know about the Mistrons. You would think it might be a bit more of a problem keeping the uh, the civilian population in line, knowing that there's a, a race of aliens living on Mars who want to exterminate humanity itself. But contact from this end. I guess... I don't know. I don't know how they resolve that problem. Still no word from Commodore Goddard's plane since they hit that freak storm, sir. Right. We'll give them three more minutes. If they haven't answered by then... XQR calling cloud base. XQR calling... Three more minutes? It's a very arbitrary number there, Colonel. Commodore, we'll have the security meeting as soon as he's touched down. Very good, sir. And something else I find odd... Well, actually, there's an odd moment in this scene here. As the plane lands... We get this long zoom in on Commodore Goddard's pilot. Not Commodore Goddard himself, who's the main villain for this episode, but, uh, but the pilot. Have you finished your report yet, Melody? But also I find with this episode, you know, the sound, particularly on Colonel White's dialogue. You are hit by lightning. Remember, you said visibility was practically zero. I know, but... Sounds a bit, it sounds like a bit of a different quality, particularly with Colonel White. The Commodore has gone straight to discuss the International Air Conference with Colonel White. Gentlemen, I guess you all know why I asked for this meeting. To put you in the picture about the forthcoming air conference. I also love it with this show, how many times the Mistrons you know, threatened to destroy Cloud Base or in uh, like Operation Time they sent uh, Dr. Magnus to try and sabotage Cloud Base. This is where we come in. Then they have episodes like this where they get a Mistron agent aboard Cloud Base. Firstly... I have changed the location of the conference. And we just sit down and have a chat with him. And then he leaves Cloud Base, having attempted nothing. Ron's would least expect it. And where's that to be, Commodore? The loneliest spot in Europe, Colonel. Glengarry Castle. A castle? You would think that whatever plans the Mistrons have, if they get an agent aboard Cloud Base, they should take the most of that opportunity and uh, do some real damage. But uh, clearly they don't. We're more interested in... Uh, setting up a conference at this lovely Scottish castle. Yes, it's another Scotland episode. But uh, I think possibly my favourite of the uh, the Scotland-based trilogy or quadrilogy or whatever it might be. Thank you, Morton. This will be ideal for our uh, little gathering. Yes, it's an isolated sport. We never have visitors these days. Why is that, Morton? Oh, nobody likes me. Castles that have cornered the tourist market, I'm afraid. What's that over there? The last owners had that filled in, sir. There used to be a staircase leading up to the battlements. Nobody goes up there now. Well, if that's everything, I'll say good night. Good night. I like this Morton character as well. 
caretaker of the castle. It's something about the Jeremy Wilkin voice and the, uh, the haggard look of the Robert Mitchum puppet work quite well together. He's worked at the castle for years. Apart from Morton, there'll be no one else here except the delegates to the conference. They're going to be cleared at cloud base before flying out here in the morning. Good. And all that remains is for us to get a good night's sleep. Hmm. But behind the painting... <gasps> real human eyes are watching. Oh no, I say human eyes, but the, uh, of course they're Mistron eyes. And the uh, green glow... You are clear for launch. Spectrum is firmly establishes that. Angel 2 Skyborne, sir. Do you really think she'll find anything, sir? I don't know, but I'm not going to take any risks. If there was anything in her report on the XQR, we've got to know the truth as soon as possible. And of course, if I had my head screwed on properly, I would have said, until we know that truth, we're not going to let the people who were on board the XQR, who may well now be Mistrons, take charge of any important delegates. This has got me worried. But uh, I'm not feeling well today. Ten of the world's top air chiefs gathered into one place. It would be a major disaster if the meeting were sabotaged. Mm. Lieutenant? Sir? Put me through to Captain Scarlet right away. That's correct, sir. The castle is completely isolated. We'll maintain maximum security throughout the conference. Right, Captain Scarlet. I'll wait for your final clearance before allowing the delegates to land. SIG. This is something I find very odd with this episode as well, and it happens a few times in Scarlet. We're going to maintain maximum security. How many agents are there? One. It's just Scarlet on his own. And it does make Spectrum look a bit foolish at times like this. No way up there. Uh, Scarlet spotted someone up on the battlements. The delegates are on board the Magnacopter. All right, launch Magnacopter. You, you have a dozen people who need protection here from the Mistrons. Go. And you, you've got five captains and a seemingly endless army of disposable security guards. Maximum security, so often in this show, amounted to one, possibly two people tops. Very strange. Anyway, we have a new vehicle to marvel over. This is the Magnacopter. Magnacopter airborne, sir. Right. But I'm not going to let that aircraft touch down at the castle until Captain Scarlet gives me final clearance. And I suppose Magnacopter is Latin for helicopter that you can fit more people in than the standard Spectrum Copter. Uh, this is a vehicle. It doesn't carry any Spectrum markings, oddly enough. We never see it again. Which is a shame because it's quite a nice model. Scarlet is now having a look around the castle, which is a very nice series of interior sets here. Some lovely uh, decorations and such on the wall. And here's another moment I find very strange with this episode. Close up on the uh, on the doorknob, and then we cut to the other side. Doorknob turns. Who's going to come through the door? Who is going to come through the door? It's Captain Scarlet, who we saw, um, clearly saw approaching the door, and of course it would be him coming through the door. He's the only person in the building. I just love that, that triumphant little moment. Captain Scarlet, he walked through a door. Good for him. Now approaching the, uh, the painting. These nice suits of armour, either side of it. I feel this painting looks a bit like Sylvester McCoy. I don't know why, but I've always felt that. Looking for a hidden entrance to the battlements. He spotted someone up there earlier. One suit of armour, two suits of armour. 
Must be a hidden switch somewhere. Oh, that's it. Press down on one of the suit of armor's hands. Don't move, Captain Scarlet. Reveals the co-pilot with a gun, and there's Goddard. You! Melody was right. Something did happen to the XQR. It's a good thing we didn't bring you to that conference like you wanted us to. Oh, no. Before its execution. You will see now why I wanted to hold the air conference here. Tomorrow morning, on the stroke of ten, the entire supreme command of the World Air Force will be wiped out. Here in this room. It's a very big gun. They've got to do the job. You are a remarkable man, Captain Scarlet, I know. I've admired you from afar. I tend to let you or Spectrum thwart my plan. Tomorrow at ten, those men will die. Oh, if only we'd thought to bring more people than just one. And speaking of things I like about this episode, the score is phenomenal, and I believe this piece of music first appears here. I love this. I love this piece of music, the Spectrum are doing heroic things. Yeah, I love that. You'd get that later in the series. You'd get that quite a bit with uh, like montages of lots of Spectrum vehicles doing things. A sign of XQR. SIG melody. And all it is is just the plane flying one way and then flying back the other way. But it's just lovely. I won't be satisfied until Captain Scarlet gives the clearance from the castle. I'm never satisfied. Talk of the devil. No, oh, there he is. Go ahead, Captain Scarlet. Colonel. I have to report complete security clearance on the conference centre. Oh, but it's not him. I'm glad to hear it. The conference can proceed as planned. Right. I'll give Symphony clearance to land immediately. Thank you, Colonel. It's Goddard doing a funny voice. All right, Holt. We will deal with Captain Scarlet later. Throw him in the dungeon for the present. Then take up your position in the hall. Yes, sir. Uh, Holt, that's the co-pilot's name. I thought it was Holt. And then I thought, no, that might be the character's name in... Um, Inferno, because these two puppets appeared together in Inferno as well. In approximately three minutes. I'm not sure to what extent this castle model is um, repackaged from previous castle models and uh, you know the surrounding lake. It was uh, 30 minutes after noon and Loch Ness monster. Have we done all the the Scottish episodes now? No, there must be more Scottishness to come, surely. Needless to say as well, but I'll say it anyway, this show still looks so lovely in HD. I'm still so impressed with what Network did with this. Uh-oh. Melody spotted the wreckage of the XQR. Melody Angel, are you quite certain about this? Yes, sir. I have positively identified the markings on the crashed aircraft as those of the XQR. And there could have been no survivors. There's only one explanation. We're idiots. It must have been taken over by the Mistrons. Those delegates have walked straight into a trap. Oh no, be fair, you've escorted them straight into a trap. Oh, Spectrum Security is an absolute joke. And Scarlet Morton. I mean, not all the time, but in episodes like this where the story jumps through so many hoops... Well, if he doesn't show up... ...to get 
characters where they need to be, and then they realise, oh, that thing that was blindingly obvious earlier was blindingly obvious the whole time. Maybe we should have done something about that. Oh, Spectrum. You're wonderful, but you're you're so useless. And now that Symphony Angel is at the castle, Spectrum's um, expansive security force has been expanded by... Well, it's double, doesn't it? She's now caught in the master bedroom. It's no use, sir. I'm getting no reply from either Captain Scarlet or Symphony Angel. Did we really not send anyone else, Lieutenant? Blue. Yes, sir. He must leave for Glengarry immediately. What are the rest of them doing at times like this? I mean, is Aroka and Grey not there? I, I would assume that, you know, Magenta has superglued himself to a door or something, but... Uh... Like when and where you least expect it at the appointed hour as the clock is chiming the wings of the world will be clipped it's all too obvious hmm. bring the chiefs of the world air forces together in a lonely place and destroy them had you forgotten that the mistrons had made a threat then almost 9:45 sir the conference will start in 15 minutes that's another odd little moment um yeah it does sound like the colonel had almost forgotten that the mistrons made a threat until he realized that all these um air force Chappies could represent the wings of the world. I'm not being very kind about this episode, and it's a shame because I really like it. I like how different it is. I love these, um, how atmospheric these sets are. Scarlet and uh, Symphony are now manacled to the wall of the dungeon here. It's just Spectrum security angle is so baffling to me. If there's any possible chance that Commodore Goddard and Holt were Mysterons. Don't give them all these Air Force people to look after. Until you're at least sure. Maybe send more than one person to do these important jobs as well. I'm just saying, Colonel White, you know. Could do better. Suit vehicle A75, please. Fast. Identification, please. Right away, sir. There we go, the uh, SPV attendant at the... Uh, brewery here. Yeah, we've got an SPV hidden at a brewery. His first line delivered by Martin King, his second line delivered by Jeremy Wilkin. And he only has two lines, so I'm not sure what, what went wrong there. Oh, there's a mouse! That's always nice. Put some real animals in here with the puppets. Proceeding to the danger zone. Right, Captain Blue. Maintain maximum speed. You have ten minutes. Yes, sir. Oh, dear. It's ten to ten. And this must have been fun for the actors to record. I've got tape over my mouth acting. Just standing there going... I think actually you, you do hear it looped. The same noises, particularly from Symphony, occur more than once. But this is also a really nice, really effective way of doing doing Symphony and um, Scarlet's escape from the, the basement in terms of the live-action insert shots. Although once Scarlet gets that staff in his hand and he's it looks so heavy, I really feel the pain on his wrist there. The conference is about to begin. It's so well done, the, the live-action inserts, in this episode in particular. I understand. Symphony lifting up the staff with her foot and, and then Scarlet working it into his hand. 
There's also plenty of behind-the-scenes shots of... Uh, uh, I believe it's Alan Perry himself playing Captain Scarlet throughout a lot of this. Anyway, the conference is about to start, but Morton has noticed some uh, tapping from the floor. And with, what, five minutes to go until the conference starts, now that Morton has found them... Captain Scarlet! I have to assume he leaps straight down that hole to rescue Scarlet. Yeah, what time is it? We're all seated for the conference. We've all got a drink, more importantly. What time is it? Oh, it's two minutes to ten. And here's the man. Firing at the painting. Is he going to get Holt? Yes. Oh, and Holt's covered in blood there. Back to the Magnacopter, quickly. Symphony is preparing to evacuate the delegate, sir. And Captain Scarlet? He's gone off to Goddard, sir. Thank you for telling me, Lieutenant. I heard the calls as they came in. Again, it's a it's a narrative wave. We can't show the puppets doing these things, so let's have one puppet tell another what's happening with the other characters. Doesn't matter even if that character is sat in the room while they're receiving that report. And here's Captain Blue. Spotting Goddard up on the battlements with a nice machine gun. The helicopter's trapped. If it takes off, it'll be blown to pieces. Oh, well, who needs it? This is Captain Blue. Do not take off until I give you the word. Goddard is positioned on the battlements. As soon as you're in the air, you'll be in his line of fire. S.I.G. Captain Blue. Captain Scarlet. Oh, poor old Captain Scarlet. The battlements. The Magnacopter's pinned down. I know. I want the SPV power pack. You're hurt, Captain. I'll go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see that. PV rocket. I'm going up there after him. Yeah, who do we send against the guy with the machine gun? The guy who's indestructible, or the guy we've barely used this week? Take it easy. S.I.G. Poor old Scarlet. He's bleeding, but he's still got that power pack on, going to sort out Goddard. This is probably... Oh, this is cool. Blue pulls the SPV door in, and all those ricochets off the, the metal plate, and you can see that the metal plating of the SPV, and you can see it leaves indentations on the on the panelling. Also that really interesting shot of the SPV backing away from the castle and its caterpillar tracks, one of its caterpillar tracks, is moving. Which is something the SPV was supposed to be able to do to help it climb up mountains and such, but we never actually saw them be used in the show. And yet clearly the models were rigged to be able to do that. Very odd. So now it's a nice shootout between uh, Scarlet and Goddard. Captain Blue, I'll keep him occupied. Fire the SPV rockets as soon as the Magnacopter is clear. But, Captain, you'll be killed. Oh, no. Don't you ever watch this show? Don't you ever hear the opening narration every week? Although this is a very nasty death for Scarlet coming up. Probably the nastiest. Because he's hovering around on that jetpack in front of the machine gun, kind of bouncing around to distract Goddard's fire. The Magnacopter's clear. Let him have it. S.I.G. But, unfortunately, Goddard gets him and... Oh, there's that grimace face, and Scarlet's gut is just pouring with blood. And he's got his hands against his stomach, and oh, that's a really nasty death for, for poor old poor old Scarlet there. And there goes the castle as well. It's taken Goddard with it. Well, Mr. Morton, I'm sorry I couldn't arrange this visit to Cloud Base sooner. I understand. The delegates held a conference yesterday, and it was a great success. Thanks, Once we weren't involved with it. Oh dear. And how he escaped unhurt. I guess I'm indestructible. Yeah, but now Morton's lost the castle, he's got nowhere to work, but he gets a free visit to Cloudbase out of the deal. It's all right, Colonel. 
I can take a joke. I'm sure you can, Mr. Morton. I'm sure you can. And now we hold on Scarlet for an uncomfortably long period of time, waiting for the audience laugh track, it's almost like, but uh, it doesn't come. Maybe we can add some. I'm sure you can, Mr. Morton. I'm sure you can. <laughs> That was the trap. Uh, that was. I feel like I've been harsher on that than I really should have been because I thoroughly enjoy that one. It's just the spectrum security angle, as is often the case with this show, drives me up the wall. Um, spectrum have to be so negligent in order to get the story going that they basically just sent a load of important people off with Mistrons, suspected Mistrons, and then acted shocked when they found out that the suspected Mistrons were Mistrons. Bizarre. Also, they only send two people to do anything, but uh, that's par for the course with this show. But despite that, some really nice castle stuff there. It's a really nice change of pace away from all the like secret bases and high-tech vehicles and such. Here's a nice old castle, and it's, again, you know, we've seen Scotland stuff before in the Anderson shows, but it's always done well, and particularly so here. Is this also, I should mention, is this the first episode that uses the, uh, the Spectrum version of the theme song here? I have a feeling it might be, like many times when I say, is this the first or is this the only... I'm not certain, but certainly when I first watched the show, this was the first time I ever saw this song. Or heard it, even. Goodbye.